Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of ACB Radio's Main Menu. We're here usually once a month, and this is the first Main Menu of 2023. We're happy that you could join us. We have an action-packed program full of lots of technology tonight, a lot of a lot of guests here in the Zoom room with us. In the first hour, we're going to be talking about IRA. Not necessarily price changes, but we could delve into that a little bit, but other things we have in mind, and here to introduce our guests and talk about more of uh, what we'll be hearing tonight from Ira is Jeff Bishop. Hey, John. Hey, before we get there, we should talk about what's coming in February because you were oh, the one right. that was very instrumental in uh, in making this magic happen. And um, this this was quite a shock at, at the beginning of the year. We thought, wow, you know, we're going to limp along here right after the holidays and Santa Claus came and everything. And tell us, tell us what's coming in February, John. In February, we'll have the release of the Victor Reader Stream number three, and we have uh, Matthew on with us and also Peter Dusick, uh, and that'll be on the 22nd of February, shortly after the, the release. So, uh, And they'll be on a couple of other tech shows before that, but that's okay because we'll have different questions for them. So, right, and, and you'll be able to ask questions, which is really the actually, actually the more important part because some of you will probably pick up some of the you know, tech shows that will pick up some of the, the features and all of that. But you know, the Victor Reader Stream is a, is a device that, that people... Um, it's like an iPhone almost, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's that important in people's lives, and so we're gonna spend we're gonna spend a great deal of time on that show talking about it. And uh, you know, if we go over an hour, then so be it. We'll yeah. uh, we'll devote the time it needs. I'm uh, very to, to count the number of people who have new Victor streams over at CSUN. I, I would even venture to say that it if it doesn't outrank the iPhone as one of the most important devices, it's that really it's hit, close. It's very very close. And if you don't believe me, just ask somebody who has them. That people swear by that, and they should. It's an excellent piece of equipment. I think the the only other thing that's as popular, or maybe even more so than the Victor Reader Stream, is Ira. Don't you guys think so? What are tonight? Great at least tonight, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that uh, no matter if you have a uh, you know blind shell or an iPhone or an Android phone or glasses. you know or glasses yep. or whatever you have, you know, Ira's in your pocket, right? Yeah, uh, or hanging around your neck, or something of that nature. So tonight, we're we're bringing uh, on to main menu live tonight two people who, uh, well, at least one person that everybody knows and loves in in, in ACB land, and that's Janine. Hey, Janine. Hey, hello. Welcome, everyone. welcome back. We, yeah, yeah. It's I, it's strange to be on main menu after after all these years. I know after <laughs> editing and uh, hosting mm-hmm. and doing all those fun things that you did for a long time and everything. Yeah. So so welcome with your your Ira hat on now, mm-hmm. and, and and you brought a friend, right? I did, I did. You want I to introduce brought our even friend. More. I did. I brought even more than a friend. I brought my boss. Wow, well, he's your friend too, though. I think. Well, he is my friend. Okay, that's good. <laughs> yes, yes. Just ask him about hot sauce anytime. Okay, <laughs> okay we'll do that. <laughs> but he is our CEO, Mr. Troy Atilio. Hey, Troy. 
Hello, everyone. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Larry, for having us on and the uh, the warm introduction. Ira, in your pocket, around your neck, at your fingertips. Yeah, everywhere you are, place. right? Yeah. Whatever um, that is. And uh, it's so glad to be on. And thanks to everyone out there on the interwebs or the radio or however this is voice is getting to you. Well, it's it's uh, it's heard on ACB Media One. It will be in a in a podcast feed uh, shortly after the show, and then of course it's heard on uh, radio reading services around the country too, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of blind schools and things um, take this material and use it in their classrooms and you know all those things. So you're 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 getting a pretty wide net cast there in reference to getting the word out. Now tonight, Troy. Um, you've been on a number of shows, including Sunday Edition on Sunday, which was a, a, a remarkable um, show. I heard like almost half of it. I didn't catch the beginning part, unfortunately, uh, coming home from church. But um, we, uh, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the the rollout, and just you know, because you know, we may have somebody who doesn't know what's going on. I don't want to spend a, a humongous amount of time on that. Um, because really what I want to talk about is how we as an organization um, can help you advocate for change. Um, awesome. You know, because really we've, we've, we've kind of beaten this horse to death, I think, about, you know, why did this happen? Um, what, were, what, was, what were the reasons behind it? Um, I do have a couple of questions that I think it would be interesting that, that might help in guiding the, the advocacy um, discussion as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I just thought it would be good to have that discussion Yeah, for sure. and, and, and then, and then if you're willing, because, uh, no one else has asked this and, and maybe it's just because it was uh, not top of mind, but it is top of mind for me. I know that you guys are in the midst of, of, um, change in reference to some things that are coming with Ira and, you know, new apps and, and, and those types uh-huh. of things that, yeah. So I'm hoping we could spend a bit of time talking about, what that looks like in reference to expectations and and what people might expect from there if you're willing to talk at least at a yeah, high level about that yeah absolutely and uh i was i was thinking about this the last time i really went deep with acb besides the the show the sunday was in july uh you know I had the fortune to go out to omaha and mm-hmm. um it's just great to engage and I kind of gave some pre some very limited preview of what's coming and i'm excited because what's coming is even closer now. So yes, happy to exactly. talk about anything and everything. Okay, I'm cool. I'm CEO. I don't have to run anything past anyone. So we can. That's have right. Really you, yeah. You don't have a non-disclosure to worry about, do you? That's right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Well, how do we want to do this um, from uh, just a, we should probably just spend a couple of minutes, maybe a few minutes just talking about the, the change. And do you, do you want to handle that, Troy, or do you want to hand over to Janine to talk a little bit about that? I, first? I will talk about just, and I've gotten better at this, and I'm, I'm sorry we had to have a horse to beat on first, um, you know. No, it's, it's quite all right. <laughs> yeah. But one thing I can promise you with Ira, and I am smiling a little bit when I talk about this, but but it is in the DNA of the company is we are. We're looking to move fast and innovate. I tell my team that if you're not making mistakes, you're not moving fast enough. We don't, we could obviously move more slowly and make less mistakes. And we're going to get in, but um, I. Is anyone else losing him? Yes. Yes. Continue with the ACB plan 
that you have today that is, you know, there's an intro and an enhanced, and those are the lowest cost plans you can find out there. Um, after that changes, we can talk about right, but everyone on this call should know that if you are a subscriber and you want to stay a subscriber, that price is not going to change despite everything, you know, about offset prices and platinum plans. And, you know, that's my commitment to the, uh, the members here that those pricings are not going to change through 2023. And then I've heard people say like, well, geez, what about after that? Is our, am I going to have to pay the prices that are more expensive in the, in the new plans? And I've said, we, we're not committing at this point, but as you're going to hear me say probably a couple times tonight, the goal with IRA is to deliver that benefit at the lowest cost possible to as many people as possible. And I don't look ultimately for the, you know, the, the, the massive income to come from individuals. I don't think any, um, tool I was, I was talking to Matt Ader right before this, uh, this call. Um, you know, we know Matt from Vespero. He was talking about how the home edition of, um, JAWS is $99, but for corporations, it's, three times that, four times that. And so we're no different. We want individuals to enjoy and get the benefit of IRA at the lowest cost possible. So I just, there's nothing more than you remember. That's our mission. Anything else we're doing here is to support that strategy. And and Janine can go through the mechanics just so we're very clear, but that, that's the message I wanted, wanted everyone to cool. know. Before, before we roll out prices, I just had a couple of questions and, and I don't ask these questions to be um difficult or or judgmental because I, I i totally get it and i i actually agree with you that there needs to be a structure for corporate versus consumer mm -hmm. um I, I i think one of the and i'm only speaking for myself i think one yes. of the frustrations that that it wasn't so much the pricing um and, and I heard I heard you talk a little bit about this, and so I'll, I'll get to my question because yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering if you considered this or not. But one of the things I heard was, you know, that that Ira has a vehicle of communication with its customers, you know, uh, us actual explorers, mm -hmm. right? Uh, mm -hmm. Being able to send out email uh, posts to us, um, yep. or 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 even communicate inside app. Now I don't know how flexible you have in reference to that, but. Um, was that was that something that you might have con or, or did you consider when you were going to roll out the actual prices as opposed to having people call in and then and then go through the what three different types of, mm -hmm. of way mm -hmm. that you actually disseminated the information and and I understand that you needed to have a conversation and that you needed to explain things and you wanted to make sure customers were 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 set for success and I, I get all of that but there was a there, there there is a very large base of your users who would have just got it right as opposed to being you know co sort of directed to call into customer service or then directed to fill out a form you know what i mean um yeah yeah, yeah was, I was that was that was that considered it was considered and you know i'll take i'll take the uh the credit or the blame uh we we decided not to do that because i was really just keen on engaging customers and getting that feedback because Gosh, we had a list of concerns, you know, concern one, no one's going to understand offset versus retail. They're going to um, be very concerned when they see the retail price. Um, people are not going to understand individual. And maybe it's it's uh, reluctance on our part to be confident in the way we communicate with email and written. But we do communicate with enough customers that, um, and Janine can attest that even the simplest of messages when 
distributed across a wide spectrum of individuals um, can be, you know, people can get confused and get the wrong impression. So it really, literally, and on IOMIS, like I, I told my team, I'd, I'd rather us engage the customers in a dialogue. And then once we know that the messaging and the concepts are landing, we can move to a, you know, uh, an email and a, you know, other forms, which we did. Um, I also see where it was probably bad juxtaposition to have questions about all we wanted to know is if you're an individual, that, that was the main question, but I said, or we said, Hey, well, while we're talking to them, let's ask them some other questions so we can learn more about yeah. the demographics. I, right. Right. And right. that was, a, that was poor, you know, poor optics. I can see that, but yeah. we did think about it. And I think going forward, um, I think it's also about having Ira more frequently communicate and more directly communicate. So there's that, that heartbeat of communication. Um, I think we talked sure. about the idea we're going to, we're going to invest more energy, time, money, and people to, to do the communication. But yeah, we did think about it. We, we didn't choose to go that way in hindsight. That would have been a better, a better yeah. way to, yeah. One other thing that that might be interesting for you know, if you run into this situation again, where you where you are making substantial change, um, would have been maybe to use sort of that December Explorer call to mm -hmm. sort of level set people an, an understanding of not not necessarily pricing, because I I think you were right to, to 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 do it in the rollout that you did in January, right? That that seemed from a marketing perspective and all of that, I get it. I get it. But what have been what would have been interesting though is that you could have had the discussion about, hey, we're gonna announce these in in January, but we want to talk about, you know, some definitions or what, or what our business mm -hmm. model looks like. So that people yep. were sort of, you know, I hate to reuse the word, but level set on, oh wow. So there is this difference between corporate and user, and corporate mm -hmm. users are confused and therefore there has to be some way of differentiation and so that mm -hmm. so everybody understands because i think if you had done that and i'm not trying to say like you i'm not trying to pick on you that's not what i'm trying to do i think i think that would have actually really eased the transition because again i don't think it's so much about about price although although we'll we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to advocacy um yeah they went up but you haven't gone up your prices haven't gone up in in five years correct yeah 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 so yeah, Janine, I, 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 know, I, mean, I don't people... know what you think on that one i i think that's another obvious uh it's there's a there's a whiteboard or list of things that we we learned from that that's that's one of them the other was even you know spending more time with folks even on jeff right jeff you're, you're very knowledgeable you have a lot of you know sense for the you know community you know just spending that time to Play some concepts, not to go too far, but we obviously have beta testers, and I'm sure there's some people listening who are some of our beta testers for our technology. We don't really have a call it beta test team for our pricing and packaging concepts, right? So it's it's not balanced, and I think uh, you know we we were learning some new muscle, if you will, some new you know IRA of old when we had a marketing department of 20 people. Um, we had, you know, we had those skills and I think, you know, we had to downsize and now we're, we're kind of moving up. It's time to yeah. develop those muscles. So, so apologies to the, the audience that, you know, had to learn with us. Um, but you no, know, that would have been a fantastic way to, 
to test these ideas and get the feedback that would have avoided a lot of the uh, angst and confusion. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think you handled this the best way that you can. And you've been very transparent about where you are. I mean, I, I love the interview you did, you did on Sunday. Um, I, I don't see it, you know, just completely honest and open and sincere. And, and I mean that I, 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 I would, you. I would tell you differently if I didn't feel that way. <laughs> I, well, I tell you know. people sometimes I'm, uh, I'm lazy. I find transparency to be the easiest path because you can speak directly from what's true and from your heart. And it's the way I run exactly. my company and it's the way I expect my team to operate up to the limit of confusion. Like I think sometimes, uh, not this time, but we, um, Janine, I don't know if you'd agree, but sometimes we forecast or promise things that don't always come to pass. We mean it at the time. Um, I, you know, when we get into features and functions, I'm still waiting on my, not waiting on my development team, not like they've lazy or not been busy as all can be, but I had forecasts that we'll be rolling out things like um, callback and call transfer and specialized routing. And I predict, we predicted at the time it would be, you know, this last quarter. Well, it's now out a few more months, but that's the relationship I'm hoping we can maintain with the audience, which is a, you know, transparent and trusted relationship because, you know, I can just tell you our mission is to grow the service, make it more um, useful to more people. And yes, there's the element of someone's got to pay, right? And um, yep. that's part of our job to figure out how to balance those things. But yes, thank you for for, um, for the compliments. That is one, sure. and it means a lot to you. <laughs> yeah. And I so, think, Jan- so Janine, you want to talk a little bit yeah. about the pricing now? Sure, sure. And I think, Jeff, we have a situation that a lot of companies would love to have in that we sure know what our customers think. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know who your customers are, right? Oh, I mean, half yeah. the battle, half the battle is defining your market, right? And, Most definitely. And you don't have that problem. Uh, no, not, <laughs> you know, at all. You, not at all. You know who exactly your customers are. <laughs> not so at that's, all. That's good. Not at all. Yeah. And so let's talk pricing. So everyone right now, today, who is on in an IRA plan can stay on that plan unless you're on one of our our legacy or sunsetting plans that we don't sell anymore. But if you're on the standard kinds of plans that we sell, which are intro, standard, and advanced, ACB intro or ACB advanced, I'm sorry, ACB standard power plan, you can stay on those plans through 2023. And everyone is concerned about 2024. I wish I knew what was going to happen in the world in 2024. Um, So we're not going to make any promises there. Um, Let's just write out this year happily and enjoy the low prices that we have for now. If you want to move, though, to one of our new plans, because they are in amounts of minutes that are more graduated so you have more choices and that's what people told us they have said throughout the years you know 30 120 and 300 are not enough choices i'm wasting minutes every month and so we have three different tiers of plans and within those there are three different uh, levels of plans so we call them the metal plans because they're silver gold and platinum and within each one of those, we have stars. So the silver one-star plan is 15 minutes. And it's 15 minutes because a lot of you said, you know, I don't really use IRA that much, but I just want a small amount. So you've got 15 minutes. Then we have the silver two-star plan at 30 minutes. 
And what's changed about that is you can share it with one other person. And that one is $50. The 15 minutes, I'm sorry, is $26. These are the offset prices. So these are basically the individual customer prices that I'm giving you now. And then we have our silver three-star plan, which you can also share with one other person. That is 50 minutes for $84. Then we have our gold level plans. And these are sort of the medium user plans. The gold one-star plan is 80 minutes for $132. And you can share that with two other people. So that's a little bit different. And then the gold two-star plan is 120 minutes for $200. Gold three-star is 220 minutes for $356. And that you can also share with two other people. Now we get into the stratosphere. Now we're in the platinum plans. And you can share these plans, any of these plans, with up to four other people. So you've got five people to divide this, this amount by. 300 minutes, platinum one-star is $480. 500 minutes is $760. I've got my braille smashed here, so <laughs> I'm going to have to rebraille this. Uh, but 500 is 760 and 800 minutes is $1,160 a month. But imagine that shared between five people, uh, up to five people. So talk about a family plan. Those are the new prices. And right now, until February 1st, you can make any switch you want between the current prices, what we offered in 2022, what, what I just went through now. You can buy add-on minutes at the 2022 prices through February 1st. Go for it. No restrictions. We've had some folks uh, stock up a lot of extra minutes there. And you can definitely do that. They don't go away. We, we wanted you to have those minutes to, to rely on because if you're on one of these plans, on one of our 2022 plans, you're going to need extra minutes and the prices of minutes will go up. Um, they're not going to go up quite as drastically, we hope, as uh, initially thought, but, you know, they will be going up. So there are your specials. If anyone has any questions about all of that, because it's a lot a lot, a lot, a lot to take in. Please, please call our customer care. They are in from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific time. That's 9 to 9 uh, Eastern time. And they are also there seven days a week. Actually, Jeanine, okay. I have to throw in that uh, you can also just Google IRA pricing. You land on a page, and from there you can look at customer prices, offset prices. Yep. Everything that you need said is there and accessible. In um, all the types of currency, and that is uh, ira.io slash plans and pricing and ira.io slash offset. Those are two, um, the offset website uh, webpage is the one with the pricing and all the different currencies that we serve. Excellent. Okay. And then with, with the new pricing structure, there's nothing changing in reference to like uh, features of the service or anything of that nature. I, I know that that question oh. has come up too. No, nothing is changing there in terms of the free five minutes. The biggest question that I've heard along that line is, are you going to get rid of free five? No. No, what, we're not. What, what, what would be, what, what number of calls are you getting from the free five minute calls? Or, or is that not something you'd be willing to disclose? Like, I'll, I'll one take of the, that one. Um, we don't, yeah. I'm sorry. 
Oh, you want to fit? Go ahead and finish. Sorry. Yeah. One, one of the questions was, would, would this be a way of offsetting costs for you as well in reference to like being able to keep prices more in line, for example? That's a really interesting one, Troy, because when we were doing the research and we were making some changes to the free five minutes, uh, both for guests and for uh, regular plan customers, subscribers, we learned some really interesting things about the free five minute yeah. calls. And I'll I wanna, turn it over to you. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I want to make it simple and then happy to go into like more detail. And of course, as the CEO of Iraq, I can talk all day about this kind of stuff. It's um. It's almost be interesting. I, I've talked to some folks. It'd be interesting to get someone who's got a degree in economics or studying economics to sit down with us and like think through this because it's almost like monetary pol policy or, um, but all businesses, um, most businesses invest in their customers in some way. Um, you know, you take that wine. I like to drink wine. I don't know who likes to drink wine, but you know, I like a glass of wine. I also like to taste wine. Some places you pay for the tasting, some places it's free. Um, we think of all of our kind of um, sponsored aspects of IRA, whether that's the offset pricing, whether that's the five minute free job seeker um, or other promotions that we put out is our way of giving back. I think, you know, there's a sock company, is it Bombas maybe? Yep. You know, a portion yep. of their profits go into providing socks for people, you know, who potentially can't afford it. Um, we're not socks, of course, we're, we're Ira. But the way I look at it is, as we grow this use case, and, you know, this will blend into advocacy, but as we grow this use case, more people finding more ways to get benefit, um, that just raises awareness that makes us easier for us to advocate to public and private. So, so then back to free. So five minute free. So we've got all these little knobs. Um, you know, what's the offset that we can afford to give and still be sustainable and grow? How much free service can we give away to guests who aren't paying anything and to subscribers at a higher rate? Um, how much can we afford and, and still be able to grow? How much job seeker can we fund and still, you know, be, and so. We have all these knobs and I would still say we're, we're going to, we're experimenting with this. We're trying to figure out what drives, um, the, the most equitable deployment of those minutes. Cause those minutes at the end of the day cost money to manufacture. They might as well be, you know, sodas or they might, you know, pick, pick your product that you consume in mass. And so I'm trying, my team's trying to figure out what is, what's the most efficient way to, to make those decisions. And, and so we'll continue to tinker with this. Are we going to change any of that in the next, uh, you know, the five minute free anytime soon? No. Like, you know, we've got our hands full doing a bunch of things, but from time to time, we are going to look at, um, whether or not, um, and you can go into this if you wanted. Is it being equitable or are, are the very few? Is it a small subset of people using all the five minute free? That's not our goal. We're trying to lay out and distribute that benefit to as many individuals so that everyone gets something versus those who are very and when i say aggressive i don't mean like mean i mean like you know very passionate about getting to those minutes because then we're not meeting our principles of, of, of broadening the service so i used a lot of words jeff help me out did did, did that land does that make sense how would no, you know that's that? good yeah that's good yeah. 
Yeah. And cool. one of the things that we did notice was that everybody thought, oh, my goodness, you know, the cause of all of Ira's woes are all of the people who are guests and using the five minute free. That's actually a very small percentage of our call mm-hmm. volume. So it was mm-hmm. much smaller than even we thought. And so that mm-hmm. was quite interesting to learn. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That, that, yeah, that's interesting because you know a lot of people were thinking it was it was a lot larger, and then if, so if you got rid of it, would that would that have kept pricing the same? And that was yeah, it, it, it is one reason we did uh, throttle down overall on on use chef was so that when it came time to do a lot of math, when it came time to decide what the individual pricing would be, and we said it would be more expensive. You know, I was thinking we were thinking, well, we don't want to have to charge you know really high prices to just turn around and and then give it away to um you know very few and and a lot of yeah to very few so it kind of did factor into our thinking but as um, janine said you know the majority of the free benefit if you will the five minute free goes to subscribers i think you guys also know that gals that you know um we did implement what we call it as a throttle but as a guest, you know, we're happy for you to make use of the five minute free call. But if we already have a lot of agents who are busy, um, we always need to reserve a little capacity for people who may come in and call. So we decided, Hey, I think the right thing to do is when we get to a certain level of busyness that we're going to, you know, throttle or prevent guests from calling in and making use of five minute free, you know, cause obviously those people who are paying for it deserve to have you know, short wait times, whether you're an individual or, you know, someone um, who's providing access like Starbucks or Vespero or, you know, the hundreds of access partners we have. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I wanted to spend some time talking about how we as individuals and as we, as an organization, um, I'm on the board of directors of, of ACB as well, Nice, but, um, uh, you know, how, how can we really help you as an organization to push this ball forward, right? We, I think, you know, you hired an employee recently who has lots of experience in, you know, closed captioning and, mm-hmm. and advocating in that area. And I, I think this is a really intriguing thing that, that, that we really need to be pushing for um, to have, you know, if, if yep. the deaf can get closed captioning, we should be able to get the same. Well, uh, and by the way, when I think of, of type of feature. when I think of ACB, you guys and love love the feedback on this. But I've been to a number of your conferences. I know you know I've talked to Eric and and Dan, and um, I you know I'm a fan of ACB, of course. Um, I know one of the areas uh, you guys really have pushed on and and continue to make strides on is is the audio descriptions, right? And sometimes I even wonder out loud. I'm like. Is Ira just another audio description? It happens to be live one to one, but isn't it in that category? And I see the passion. I see the advocacy for, you know, standards and making sure more broadcasters, more content is described and described well. So it might even follow in that vein, right? It's just that at least the way I see it, you tell me visual interpreting is new, right? It's only came out seven years ago and you might even lump be my eyes in there granted they're not a um you know it's not a paid service they're not professionals but they they still have costs right they're still a for-profit company and um 
you know, they make their money um, you know, in a lot of ways the way we do. They, they, do, they do have some commercial services. Um, but visual interpretation, if we believe that is a valued service, IRA happens to implement it. But if we believe that concept is useful and powerful, and I think everyone who tells me who uses it, you know, whether you're voting with your checkbook, you're voting with your calls, or you're, you know, you're sharing um, some of the outcomes that were made possible. Um, I think it is. And I think it's now is the time to think hard and start plotting, I would say, a more general path to call it federal funding or even wider awareness so that um, much like most businesses, most organizations will recognize that to serve people who are deaf, um, there's an accommodation called ASL and there's a virtual version of it called VRS. And it's accepted. If you go to a conference, you know, many of the conferences I go to, you will see someone at the, on the stage who is, you know, signing, who is doing that, you know, interpretation, if you will. Um, I know that when you go to a conference and there's a speaker up there who has slides, right? And that person isn't educated. They don't describe the slides. They're just talking to the slides. I know there's inf missing information. I know that because I'm the CEO of Iron. I'm very in tune with that gap. But I look forward to the day that visual interpretation is just another tool that everyone goes, yeah, of course, that tool is, you know, a right. There's a benefit to it. And the people who typically pay for those kind of accommodations, whether it's, um, you know, a, a private company or a federal organization or even federal funding is satisfying some of the cost that is required to create a professional service. So now that's a long monologue, but that's where I start with how do we make, and then I can talk about how that might happen, but that's where I start with is like, we, we, we start looking at visual interpretation, not even as an IRA thing, but just as a concept that should be funded. I, I would argue actually that, that, you know, uh, visual visual assistance has been around for decades. Mm -hmm. It's the it's the professionalism of that service that's new. Fair enough, I see. Right? Yeah, and 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 I think that if you were to spin it that way, when you were going to legislative people, mm -hmm. that's I think would would be one card to play. That hey, blind people, there's a role for for people who have vision to assist them because they do not have the ability to see, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just being very, very frank about yeah. it, right? Yeah. And, and, and this is, this is bridging the gap and bringing independence to people to not have to rely on, say, my wife, who sometimes gets sick and tired of me saying, can you come look at my computer screen? You know, yeah. <laughs> is this thing on, you know? Um, and, and so I, I think, I, I think we need to, you know, in my career, um, that that I've I've been in IT for thirty five years, and 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 one of the things that I have found personally is, you've got to drum this down to for for the people that don't get it, you've got to make it very simple. Yes. Um. And and, and I think if if, the, you know, just just listening to 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 this, I think that's one thing that we could try to do as an organization. Yeah, is to, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, so my next point to ACB or anyone who's listening is we're just starting this journey. Like step one, I know it maybe doesn't seem connected, but step one was to get more transparent 
about the true cost and value of the service, right? Like when you look at those retail prices, they are very similar. Um, if not, you know, they're very similar to, um, the costs that, uh, organizations pay for, you know, deaf interpreters for ASL for, for VRS. Um, and that signals in part the value that's there. Um, and, and so now it's about, you know, the, the people on this call are people who have interest, you know, plotting the way to, like you said, simplify the message and then use whatever connections we have. And, and, and ultimately we're going to have to organize, in my opinion, a group of which ACB is, you know, absolutely one of the biggest to then think through because it's, it's not going to be IRA on its own. Like I, I have a belief that again, we have to separate IRA from visual interpretation because ultimately governments and organizations don't want to, I don't know, um, only serve, they, they don't want to be served by only one company. They don't want to feel like they're enriching just one company, but instead enriching people through a standard, if that makes sense. So, and, and so that journey ahead will just frankly be like conversations like we're having right now, but then moving on to, um, you know, more dedicated time talking through what visual interpretation is, you know, what, what are the benefits? How do we talk about it? And then how do you ultimately, you know, simplify it? I loved your point about simplification so that let's say the, the individuals who aren't necessarily as connected with accessibility, you know, start nodding their head and go, yep, that makes sense. It fits a pattern I've already seen and I get the idea. Let's move forward. Yeah, I, I think it would be interesting to see what would happen if, you know, there was a legislative solution to this. I think you would see more services like yours mm -hmm. that would come out of that we um, hope so. be, because there would be funding, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we, yeah, we absolutely hope so. And, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. And one of the things that we're doing kind of in the background yeah, within you're Yeah, you're you're blazing a trail. Yeah, I was well, going to say braille and, tracing, yeah. but uh, that's a, that's a little different thing. <laughs> but, you know, we're we're also trying to develop some standards for the profession of visual interpreter, and make sure that yeah, the the professional component is there, but we also want to make sure that professional component is consistent. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the guide dog schools when they all got together back in the eighties sure. and formed the U.S. Council of Guide Dog Schools. They wanted mm -hmm. to bring some consistency to the process and. So that's kind of where we are right now with this whole thing. I think, Jeff, we as a blind community have been so used to uh, assistance when it was convenient for someone else, assistance right. when, mm -hmm. you know, it could be provided and we got yep. along without it for so long that it just didn't matter. And now we wouldn't think of not asking about audio description. Well, why isn't this described? Where can I find right. it? We right. need to do the same thing for visual assistance. Do you think that there's going to be some pushback from, uh, you know, customers to saying, you know, why, why do you want us to assist in advocating uh, at, at higher levels? Because I, I honestly think it's not going to happen unless you have the community behind you demanding yes. it. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I'm personally all for this, <laughs> but some people might say, well, I'm, if I'm paying for a service, it's not my, and I'm not saying it's me, but they could be thinking, well, if I'm paying for a service, then it's not my role to advocate for it, to get more money. 
right? I, I could see where some people might have that that disposition, and I'm wondering how you might overcome that, or how you, you know, what what it, would your thought be around that? Yeah, I I expect that's going to be true. I mean, there's mm-hmm. services I use that you know I think we all use that I wish would be less expensive or somehow you know subsidized, but you know it's not my business to get in there and, and help. Right. I'm just not that passionate. And and of course, not everyone is going to even have that mindset and that um, you know that passion for pioneering. So it's really about just making it easy for people to you know invest their time and energy to the level that they're willing right and yeah. we don't today have those tools again we're going to have to work together jeff at you know acb and, and ira you know we're going to be working with nfb we're going to be working with whomever Everybody. yep whomever right the whole the broad community um you know we're going to reach across the pond to you know rnib and that community but you know it's going to be a journey and then part of that mission in my mind is to kind of develop those tools so that if it's it's you know i look to political campaigning right you've, you've gotten those emails that say hey if you care about this uh, proposition here's a form letter you can fill it out or just you know type your name in here click okay like there's levels of um, investment people will make all the way to hey i'm gonna go to i'm, I'm making it up by the way i'm gonna go to you know capitol hill i'm gonna go to this event i'm gonna contribute i'm gonna write like so I expect there's a spectrum of interest and investment and our job in part, and I'm saying our collectively, we, um, yep. to figure out and unlock, you know, what those levels are and what those tools are. I certainly don't have the expertise and, and my job as CEO is to, to find the people who do and have the time and ultimately the funding, because some of that will be needed um, to, to, you know, start that journey, which literally starts right now on the show. Yeah. I, I think, I think what's interesting is, is to come up with tools too to automate. I know that, you know, you're, you're an IT guy too. Yeah. And, you know, uh, use technology to its fullest to be able to, to drive your messaging, you know, maybe even including in a button in the app to say, send a letter to your congressman and have it, you know, go <laughs> like off and, 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 dynamically based on your location, yep. determining who your congressman is and, and fill yeah. in that information with an email. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of, kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I love it. I had would, someone would, give me this idea. Um, it's, it's kind of in the same vein, but this person will go unnamed. I think if I were to say the name, a lot of us would know who it is. So you just have to guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was like, hey, at the end of a call, I would love to be able to record my voice, record something, and share, like, especially for an access partner. So this is a form of advocacy share and also give license to um someone using that in social or whatever this was their idea like let yep. me let me share my delight for others mm-hmm. to use as they say fit in the moment when i have the emotion when yep. i'm feeling like yep. so your idea is very you know i think those are going to be some of the fun creative things we get into and that's why it goes back to um the way i foresee ira running and why we're successful is our ability to move fast it sometimes comes with, you know, mistakes, and um, and that's it's where okay. the trust of the community is so important to me. Like, um, to make sure that you know we not just fulfill what we say we're going to do, but part you know fulfill this vision of, yeah. of where we can go. Yeah, yeah. And Jeff, I wanted to add there the probably if you're not 
interested in advocacy, if you're just saying, look, I'm a customer, you help us every time you use one of our access partners. Mm-hmm. You help us to tell the story. You help us to show the use case. So, you know, if it really is not within you to advocate, keep using the access deals, please, because mm-hmm. that, that really does matter. Jeannie, I'm going to go one step further. I don't know if this is still the case, but from time to time, I've heard people say, oh, you know, I love Ira, but I don't want to use it because, gosh, there's there's probably people who need it more. Yes, I pay for it, but mm-hmm. I don't want to use it. And I always tell them, no, every time you use Ira, there's a little counter that goes off. There's another call. Like, remember when, I guess McDonald's does this now. I'm old enough to remember when it was like, you know. 10 million served and then oh it was five right? signs outside yes oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right but if you think about it every call is kind of an endorsement of visual interpretation mm-hmm. you know having value and yeah. we're staffed and you're paying so like it's not for anybody to judge why you use ira and what for if if you have access to those minutes you know it's our job to staff and we you know we have all kinds of tools to do that so anybody's in that camp of like well I only call when it's really important, you know, here's some advocacy, just call a few more times a month, use those minutes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, before we open up for questions here in just a couple of minutes, I just wanted to say, you know, you you have a community that is very passionate and cares Mm -hmm. deeply about the service. And I think that's one reason why you got the the response that you did, which was, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you know, um, you, what you're, the heck you're, are you doing? You're, you're, yeah. you're impacting, you know, I, I'm, I'm a part of your business. I'm an employee. It's, it's almost that feel, right? That, yep. Yep. that, that it's, it's not like going to McDonald's and buying a hamburger because if you didn't yep. like it, you just throw it away and you move on. You know, uh, Ira, everybody lives and breathes it. And it's, it's, it's part of their passion. And, and it's, it, well, that, and, that, and I just think that's why. To tell everyone this. And I, lo- I love saying, cause I, I mean it, and I can speak for every single staff member. This is a job, and I guess, you know, you question the word job, but this is a job unlike any I've ever had and anyone at IRA because of literally what you just said, because, you know, in many ways, it's making a difference. You can see it, you can feel it, and the community is so direct and open. That's a benefit because I've worked in other businesses where you have to pay people to go do research to get the feedback that you want yep. and it takes yep. a long time it does it does i got and it instantly as, yeah, yeah it was great i mean i i never really worked in a in a in a large engineering org before until i went to work for microsoft mm-hmm. and and it, it opened my eyes uh late in my career to just the you know all the other development firms i worked with were small and 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 you know mm-hmm. uh much much different and and so it just it, it's just interesting to to see how that gives you an entirely different perspective on the industry. And, you know, I know you came from Intuit. My son works for Intuit, by the way. Nice. Yeah, he's a, a great he's a data, he's a data, data analyst. And uh, he's a, right, I'm going to go track a, him down then. I still, I still have a lot of friends there. <laughs> Brian, Brian Bishop is his name. Brian Bishop. Him, All right. Look, look him up. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll uh, I talked to, we talked to him yesterday. So, well, um, real quick, I, I, and I know we're running out of time because we want to do at mm-hmm. least to leave at least 10 minutes or so for questions. I didn't know if you or Janine wanted to talk a little bit about the, the next rollout of the IRA app. I know that there's some Ooh, work on building it boy. on a, on a, <laughs> on a, a code base that is, uh, yeah. 
you know, Janine, you uh, want to you want to lead us off? I mean, oh, both of us, uh, I do because I yeah. am so. I think everybody is really going to. Yeah, when is it coming? Working. By the way, when is it coming? That's, Tomorrow, maybe. Well, you know, we wish. Um, we wish. Okay. <laughs> it will be soon. That's all I'm going to say. It will be soon. But okay. if you happen to use the desktop app, our public beta of the Ira desktop app, it's going to look a lot like our mobile app. And why? Because we are using the same code code. base. So one code base to rule them all. And that is going to be great because we can implement changes across, you know, Mm -hmm. all of our different platforms and, you know, fix issues and things like that. But the even bigger piece of this, and Troy can talk a little bit about this, but we're working with uh, a code called Flutter. I believe that's the... Oh, yeah. Flutter. Yeah. 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 Uh And what we are doing with Flutter is helping them to build accessibility into their tools for developing programs and apps and whatnot. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Does that include their IDE for Flutter as well? um, I'm going to give that one to Troy. Um, (laughs) In other words, for a blind developer? Mm -hmm. The integrated development environment. Um, There you go. Yeah. 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 Good TLA. Three-letter acronym. Let's, go, Jeff. let's yeah. not lose our. Let's not. Okay. Lose our all right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that good yet, but baby steps. Baby steps. But sorry, Troy. But go ahead. Are, no, no, it's all right. Um, yeah. There's a whole other place we could go. I, I, I do yes. have passion for yeah. Flutter, and it, it has some in in this man's humble view of technology. Because I did start off as a software developer and engineer. Does have some advantages, native advantages for producing accessible apps. Because of the one code base and the fact that they have to, the engine, the Flutter engine takes care of some of the things that are tedious and differ by platform. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a longer discussion, but ultimately, no, we're using, we're writing um, this this product in Flutter, which is to say we're using, you know, straight up, uh, you know, tools, text-based tools to, to edit the code. There okay. is a IDE, but it's actually not a Google IDE. It it's called Flutter Flow, um, okay. but it's it is a, uh, a company independent of Google that gives you a you know a, a more of a graphical visual yeah. you know, ability. But that we're not using that because we want more control over right, right. in part the um, accessibility. Cool. Well, and you and I should get together and chat. I'd love oh to. Oh my talk goodness, to you. I would be frightened <laughs> that about would, that uh, chat. <laughs> that, that, that would love that. I would love that. Love that. Um, one of the things, Jeff, that we've done using this platform is to be able to really make some improvements to the app in terms of low vision support too because we have Uh some low vision testers now in our beta group a really robust beta group and we are really looking at okay low vision folks tell us what works what doesn't work because accessibility doesn't have to be boring it doesn't have to be black and white straight line no and um, probably one of the biggest features in the new app is that you can share files and photos and websites along with your text messages etc and you can do that in the mobile format or in the desktop format so uh, that's there there's a whole new rating system for agents and call and apps separately so you can rate your agent you can comment on your agent and you can rate the app separately then too yeah all right well uh exciting times oh yeah uh let's see herbie do we have any hands As a matter of fact, we do. And uh, Mike, you're up first. Hi, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hello, everybody. Um, 
I want to quickly make it a little brief and my phone's talking. So there we go. It's now stopped. Um, Troy, I made a phone call after the Sunday edition call to some of the folks that host that call. And I would really like, and I don't know how we can do it, if, if Ira or, or, you know, the folks of Sunday edition, if we could get that podcast linked to the iris site i think there are many many explorers who were not on that mm. call it will be quite up frankly in, yep it will be up very soon mike i have heard okay. from anthony and what, what, I, what i wanted to say is quite frankly they need everyone needs to hear the candidacy that you said on sunday um you know we all get the pressing had to go up ira could have gone away you talked about all the stuff, and I really believe that explorers who do not know that mm. need to hear that message because that that yep. really drove it home to me. I've been an explorer since day one, mm-hmm. and um, you know I'm on that 700 minute plan that's mm-hmm. going away that used to be unlimited. And um, you know, I, I was saying to Janine on Sunday, unfortunately, you weren't able to be there Sunday, but I was saying to her, I know that, you know, you reach out to customers and that kind of thing. But maybe in the future, the few of us who were on that, you know, loyalty yep. plan that was there from day one, give us a call. Because one reason yep. why I've kept that plan is simply because I never use all my minutes, not even close. Yep. Yep. But I want them to be there if I need them. And, um, you know, I mean, th- there are things that maybe those of us who have been around forever could 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 share with you sure. um, if you reach out to those of us who have been long term. And then the other question that I would have for anybody is, um, again, personally, I am in access technology. I've been in it for 20 years. I've worked for all the major manufacturers of the note takers and all that stuff forever. How do though how do we get on? a beta list or request to be on a beta list how do we get those of us who are explorers mm-hmm. how do we get picked that's my question Shane, do you know the answer yeah, i mean i know I, you have a i actually yeah. do um okay. we opened a call for beta testers oh gosh it was back this summer i believe we had a, an open call for beta testers and if you are interested you can send us your name we're going to keep those in a file for the next time that we do that open call and you all will be you know considered first basically uh but i know that we're not accepting new people at the moment sure but of course our beta group doesn't stay you know static it's 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 can be a dynamic Rotates. group and mm-hmm. we'll be doing different betas so and where sure. do we send that's that? good you can send that to support at ira.io. Just tell them you would like to be part of the beta group, and they'll get that to our Great. product manager, Jody uh, Barthel. Okay, perfect. Thank Thanks you, Mike. so much, guys. Sure. And any and other hands? Everyone should know uh, Mike, Mike, is, uh, Mike has been here for a long time. I'm not, you, you might laugh, Mike. I happen to have a little sheet up with like customers, and your name is at the top, and I know what number customer I almost want to share, but you're, you've been there since the beginning, and, you know, it, it, it Thank you for your support and, and all, you know, everything that you've done. Well, again, I mean, not to belabor it, but I really would, you know, the people need to hear what you mm-hmm. said on Sunday, because that's really, Troy, what made me just totally settle in and understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. Got it. That's, that's great you, feedback. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. 
All right. And there Her- are no other hands. No other hands. Okay, good. Um, so in the in the couple minutes that we have left, uh, did you want to leave any uh, past thoughts with us, Troy or Janine? Well, um, if you want to learn more, hear a little bit more about our upcoming update to the Ira mobile app, you can join us on February 15th for our monthly Explorer call. We'll be putting in an email about that and some information about it when we get closer to that time, probably sometime the end of next week. I'll put something out about that call. But Jody Barthel, our product manager, is going to join us and kind of uh, give you some, some insights into that particular app and some of the features and some of the things that are coming up with it and cool. just where we're going. And then we'll right. be at CSUN. So anybody who's going to oh, be at great. CSUN, yeah, stop by. Are you uh, are you planning on doing a podcast of, of a walkthrough with the new app? Oh, yeah. Oh, most definitely. Okay, yep. that's good. Jeff, we're, I'm going to share again more transparently. Even going forward, you know, based on the lessons we learned about the pricing changes, we're going to invest a lot more time in the way we roll out the app because just even think about this you've been using that same ira app you know with the same call button you know Mm -hmm. just just the way that it works um my wife's not here but if she was i would say this anyway she is the kind of user of an app that when it changes she's so frustrated she's like yep why did they change it it worked Mm -hmm. so great before why do they have all these extra buttons i don't understand yeah we know as as technologists and as people who evolve solutions technology solutions the audience changes oh did we lose you troy no but oh Oh, there you go there we go (laughs) i think he's in a bad spot yeah exactly but let me ask you a quick Mm -hmm. question and that is what i know that the phone app obviously is is the most used but how what kind of reaction have you gotten based upon the desktop app are people using it Oh my goodness, are they ever. Um, right. People have really taken to the desktop app. Um, it's it's a great addition. It's going to be in public beta for a while. We want to make sure we've got the mobile app up and working and everything going well with that. But please feel free to use it. It's absolutely available out there for you. And we've got a great set of instructions. You can go to ira.io slash desktop. And it is not a true desktop app. It's a web app. But yep. I, I think you're going to enjoy using it, though. Yeah, great. I wonder if we got Troy back. He may have disappeared. Yeah. Well, Janine and, and Troy, if you can hear us, thank you so yeah, much. For my con- apologies. All of a sudden, as we were talking about tech and consistency, <laughs> yeah. my Spotify decided to start playing. And uh, that's all right. maybe your maybe your Ira minutes had run out. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there, there you go. Go ahead, Troy. Yeah, it was like mass confusion for me. I'm like, huh, what happened? Um, anyway, hey, it was it was super great to be on this call. I look forward to, or I guess this this broadcast. I look forward to coming back. Yeah, I do want to also, you know, take a moment to recognize Janine. Um, she's done a fantastic job, you know, with the with the horse that we trotted out, and um, and and you know, she's taken some. Criticism, which I don't, I think all of us probably on the call would say, what yeah, it's yeah, part of the job. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think yeah, um, but it's, it's it, not, it's not right either, though. Yeah, I, I just wanted to take a moment to, to make sure everyone knows, like, Janine is revered, loved, and I do consider her a friend, by the way, Janine. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, and I'm smiling. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and I also consider ACB, both the organization, Jeff, yourself, you know, I see Larry and John and, you know, 
see Michael in here. So I, I you know, we're, we're connected. Um, I want to connect more, uh, whether it's on the show or in other formats and you've given yeah. me some good ideas and yeah, we'll let's see do you guys it. in yeah, Schoenberg. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And at CSUN too. And at CSUN. Yeah. And at yeah. CSUN. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so, so much. And we'll, we'll try to get you back when the rollout of the app comes out uh, later this year to maybe do a more in-depth demo and uh, sure. get it, it is coming, by the way. I, I know that, you know, we're, we're trying not later. to for, forecast. <laughs> I would be disappointed nope. if, if you don't see it in this, this quarter, right? Like, yep. and, yeah. and um, it, it's that's just, okay. yeah, we're, we're, it's, it's, it's very close. <laughs> no, that, that's fine. I, yeah. I, it, I firmly believe in not giving people dates because uh, <laughs> you get yourself in trouble that way. Yep. Yep. Got to ship it when it's right, right? Absolutely. That's right. That's can, right. Give, ship with quality, can I give everybody so. our, our tech support number and email? Yeah, do it. Go, Jeff. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific time, seven days a week. 1-800-835-1934. Support at ira.io. And if you want to speak to somebody specific, go ahead and put that in the subject line and our folks will get it to us um, right away. Great. Thank you, Janine. Thank you, Troy, so much. Hey, we really enjoyed having you here. And um, we'll get you a, a copy of the file so you can put it up over on IRA awesome. as well if uh, you'd like. Awesome. And okay. folks, stay tuned for the newsroom for that uh, link to the show. There you go. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Have Thank a good you. evening. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, John and Larry, uh, that that was awesome. We got a lot of great questions in there and uh, lots of great feedback from IRA and yeah. uh, you know, um, giving another perspective. Um you know, really, really great stuff there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I, yeah. I, now we've brought in a, a number of people. Who, um, for those of you who who listen to uh, the community, um, many of these voices you will have heard. Um, we wanted to come on in the second hour and, and talk a little bit of of technology with you. So we brought a number of our friends um, uh, with us, and let's uh, let's go around the table here. First, there's um, the 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 uh, Michael duo. That being uh, Michael Babcock first. Hey, Michael, how are you? I am double muted, so I had to frantically switch over. <laughs> Is he going to go to Michael Babcock or Doys first? I I, 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 I'm leaving you in suspense. I've never been double muted before. I don't think uh, so. I know. I'm it's always amazing. double muted. Because I'm, I'm, I'll be doing multiple other things, and I'll, I'll forget that I'm muted. So sure. now I double mute myself. There you go. There you go. And then Michael Doys is here, the author of ACB Link. Yep. Hi, everyone. I uh, was uh, very preoccupied after uh, Troy talked about Flutterflow. So. <laughs> oh, yes, you were. I, I, uh, yeah, you want, might want to get in touch with him and see how. Uh, oh, I've already you know, signed up and start. I've made an app with a tab bar already. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, leave it to you. I, I, uh huh. Okay. And, and, and then, of course, we have uh, Marty with us. Hey, Marty. Hey, how's it going? Oh, good, man. You, you sound good on that microphone. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you sound you sound good. And then uh, to complete the, uh, I, I think there's I think there's only four others here with us. And to complete this uh, this little gathering, we have uh, Taylor with us, who, who's wearing many hats these days, aren't you, Taylor? Yeah, I'm doing a whole bunch of things these days, y'all. So I I know she's even doing accounting, which I swear I would never ever do. Yeah. Uh, when I yep. went to college, you know, it was one of I those. Love it. A plus is a minus, and a minus is a plus. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Accounting so, and tax, Jeff, to make it worse. Yeah, see? Yes, exactly. I, I, I don't know why you like to torture yourself like that, but that's quite all right. It's good. Somebody's got to do it. 
Yeah, somebody's got to do it. Michael does the tech, I do the taxes. Oh, well, that kind of worked that, out well. That, Right. Death and taxes. Oh, I mean, tech and taxes. That's what it is. <laughs> Did you say death? Or you uh, say? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, so t so this hour, we're going to kind of leave things. Uh, Herbie, if you see hands, just let us know, because uh, we're going to run through a number of topics. And if people have questions as we go, um, then we'll then we'll take them as they come in. We won't we won't make people wait as long. But we have a number of topics that um, wanted to, to to throw out there um there's been there's been quite a, a number of announcements uh, around uh tech these days and uh the, the the main things i thought we would throw out there tonight and and hey anyone else feel free to to chime in with other topics but i thought we would start by talking about the software releases um uh of ios and of course uh for the new home pods in fact i upgraded last night and woke my wife up to test the uh where is she feature on the new HomePod 16.3 and it by the way it does work uh probably didn't she probably didn't appreciate me waking her up though to test that but that's okay it's you know she went back to sleep it was all good <laughs> um I haven't heard of this feature Jeff what is the that one oh so so you can so in in uh in HomePod uh 16.3 so you know they released uh well, well let me ask Marty Marty do you know about this feature yeah, it's supposed to be more like the find my feature, I believe. So exactly, you, know, you can find yeah. someone, you know, in the house, and you can use the uh, HomePod to do that, just like you can do wow. on any of your other wow, devices. Wow, Michael, I'm gonna be testing this on you tonight. And and uh, and it does it, and it actually speaks where they are, as opposed to showing it on a screen, for example. So it's actually pretty accessible. Have you tried it, Marty? I have not. I have not yet. I don't actually have a HomePod yet, but I'm planning you on don't? getting one. No, I do not. What? But I think I'm going to pick up one of these new ones. It looks really cool. One of the new ones, huh? Yeah. Tell us about the new one, Marty. So they had one that was, uh, I think, what is it, three years old now. It was really expensive. So on this new one, they dropped the price a little bit down to $299, I believe. Yeah, it's 299 they made it just like the mini. So both the mini and the full-size new HomePod will have the same features. They're putting the software for both so you can do the Find My. Some of the new features will be, they put a sensor in the mini a long time ago when it first came out, but they never actually utilized it until now. And that will be, for example, let's say there is a broken window it will alert you or let's say there is um uh like a a gas leak or or something like that it will alert you when it hears noises that are out of mm -hmm. the ordinary emergency type noises like a smoke alarm or a broken window things like that it will alert and, and temperature and humidity changes too right yes definitely yeah yeah and so yeah. they added that too and now both of those are going to be in both the mini and the full-size home pod so the cool thing about this is if you do own a mini, you're going to get kind of the same features they're putting in the, in the, in the large one, the new one that's coming out. So that at least if you have a mini, you can experience kind of the same technologies in the large one without having to buy a new, a whole new, uh, piece of device, a new hardware. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and there are several other changes on the new ones. The, the new ones I've heard have a removable cable, completely removable now. Oh, it does. That's what I've been told. Oh, well, that's so, good. Uh, and the it has a slightly bigger screen. 
and it's slightly smaller. It has two less tweeters, two less microphones, um, but I'm sure Apple's found a way to still get the same quality out of that. We'll see if they figure if they remove two tweeters and a microphone, they can make the price less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That they removed three of the tweeters. Yeah. Uh, so okay. It is slightly smaller, but I think it's going to be just as good of a, of a package. I'm really excited about this device. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Michael, you have the original one, and you said I it do. sounds incredible. So this new one, um, from what I'm hearing, sounds as good, if not better. And uh, the other cool thing is that you can, if you want to buy a second one, then it'll be stereo sound. They'll uh, be like two stereo sound speakers. Right. Uh, it's kind of expensive to buy two. And I guess the one caveat to this is they have to be the same generation. So you Correct. cannot have an old original one and then go buy a new one and connect them right. together. You have to have two of the brand new ones. So and you get stereo with the two minis, don't you? Yes. You mm-hmm. can buy two minis. Yeah. Put them together and, and yeah. use them as stereo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now, now, John and Larry, you guys got new phones uh, during the holiday break, didn't you? We did. We got the 14 Pro. Yeah. Uh, and, and you came from an 8? No, no. You came no, from I, a, I came from an 8. John came that's from right. a 12. 12. 12. Okay. So, so Larry, so was it a big shock for you going from the 8 to the 14? I wouldn't say it was a big shock because, first of all, because since John has been living with me, I've heard him constantly talking about how great his phone was, and he had to show me. So I was aware of it. Uh, he wouldn't let me touch it, but he did talk to I me. I wouldn't let you it. touch it either. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but my eight was, I, I enjoyed it. I, I just never had the need to necessarily upgrade I would be afraid you'd steal it, it Larry. <laughs> but so there was an upgrade, and there were some things that, I had difficulty with, not very many, but a few. Uh, the app switcher was a little difficult because it was totally yeah, the, the different. the gestures, the home oh gestures, my gosh. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and FaceTime was not that difficult, but what was was trying to acclimate myself so that I would actually be able to make it work because uh, it took a little while. And when I got that switch situated, it was pretty easy. So I'm not having many troubles now. There are some things that, for some reason, I don't see on the 14 that I used to on the 8 in terms of the home screen. Some things like the App Store. I never see how many updates there are. Uh, so there may be some things there that I just, as a, a new user, need to fix in terms of going into settings or whatever. You know, a lot of it's user error. And I'm happy to to mention that because it does happen. But I'm over overall, I'm doing well with the phone, and I enjoy it, and I like it a lot. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, now, now you guys have, have an interesting situation. I, I, I don't know that everybody remembers this, but you're both twins, and we yeah. do have a raised hand when you're ready. Okay, great. Thank you, Herbie. So, um, yeah, and we'll, tell us tell us about that. We, we've talked about this oh, in some circles. Yeah, we but we found this out just by accident. It was a matter of, gee, I wonder if this, what would happen? Go ahead, John. So I said, Larry, give me your phone. This is right after you bought the 14. And I opened it using FaceTime because the phone can't tell the difference. Face ID. Face ID, rather. Phone can't tell the difference between twins. So I can open his phone and he can open mine. I don't know why Apple never thought about it and has done, maybe not done something. I'm not sure there's much they can do about it. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. There's probably not a lot they can do. I no, mean, no. 
I mean, you know, unless one of you weighed 500 pounds and the other one's like, <laughs> right. like 110, you know, I, I don't know that they could do too much. No, probably no. not. Yeah. So I assume yeah, that it's the same with other twins who I assume must be identical. For instance, I don't know that this would work with two fraternals. Right. But identical, right. maybe. So if we have other identicals out there, then, you know, give it a shot and let us know what happens. Yeah, let us know. We'd like to know. This would be interesting. Yeah, great CSUN activity, don't you think? <laughs> no, yeah, so they, get all the twins together. Yeah. The interesting, thing, the interesting thing about that, though, is that with the fingerprint version, you wouldn't be able to get away with that. Right. Because even though you're twins, your fingerprints are different. Correct. So right. In right. some cases, a fingerprint sensor is almost more secure, proven by you guys, obviously. Yeah. Are, uh, actually, are your fingerprints uh, different? I believe they are. I, I don't know. I believe they are. I'd have to ask for to be sure, but I think they are. That's interesting. Okay, I would think that that they would be the same. Honestly, maybe not. In terms though. of DNA, that's interesting. maybe, maybe yeah, not, not sure. sure. Huh. There, yeah, that's going to be another main menu show. Okay, we'll figure that out. <laughs> when, when, when both of you get arrested, then we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. if, if you guys still have the eight lying around, you should try it on the eight. And see I do. Oh, I do have it lying around. Oh, you around. do? You should oh, go you to oh, oh, no, 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 no I don't. Oh, that's right. I you traded it in. in. Darn it. Do you realize that they had all kinds of promotions going during the holidays, and I expected to have to pay them to take my eight? I mean, I knew I wasn't going to get a thing back. That's a slight exaggeration. And I got 400 bucks back. I could not That's believe amazing. it. And he told me if we hadn't had the promotions, we probably would have given you 100 I think I got 800 back. So it, it really was a nice promotion. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Herbie, who do we have? Well, we actually have another mic. The same mic we had earlier. And oh, Mike Tendall. Mike. Okay. Mike Tendall. Hey, Mike yep. Tendall. Listen, Good. Hold on. Give me just a cool. second. As uh, we're having focusing issues, and there we go. Now you can talk. Sorry about that. Hey, Michael. Hello. So, so just quickly, um, you guys could tr you guys could try to if you have a Mac there. You could also do Touch ID on your Mac if you have that. See if your fingerprints work and it unlocks oh. for the two of you. Yeah, they don't have, they don't have a Mac. Mac. I don't. But, uh, the, but the the thing I was going to ask is um, updating. HomePods, uh, does, does that happen automatically or do you have to physically go update them? I was under the impression that they just updated themselves. They, they, they will eventually, but you can and it is accessible, by the way. Now, there used to be some some interesting fun to jump through hoops to get that to happen from a voiceover perspective. But in the new home app, it's actually very, very uh, accessible and you can just go in and it and as soon as you actually open the home app, uh, and you go into the HomePod, it actually shows you that there's an update and it automatically starts to download it. And then you do have to tip, uh, tap on update. I believe if you do not do that over time, that eventually it will recognize that, yeah, there is an update and it will self-update eventually. But you can manually go in and, and do that. And it takes about 10 minutes or so to, to do the update. Sounds they have made a lot of significant updates to the Home app too. So it does work a lot better now. Sounds yeah. great. I'll do that. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you, Michael. All right. Uh, do we want to talk a little uh, iOS 16.3? Anyone want to give out the give out some of the highlights there? Okay. Well, so 
One of the new features that they've been talking about a lot is the new authentication feature. Mm-hmm. YubiKey, uh, right? Yeah. So basically the way it works for people who know what um, two-factor authentication is, what that is, is you log into something and then once you log in before you can get in it will send a message to one of your other devices with a code and then you take that code and then you put it into the device you're trying to get into and then it will let you in so really there's no way to get into that device without receiving the code from another device that you own but now they've added actually hardware which is a ub key which would work two ways. They have it where you can plug it into the lightning port on the bottom, or it has an NFC chip, which you can hold over the top of the phone and you hold in a little button on the top and it will let you in. They say you definitely want to use two keys, have both of them authenticated so that if you lose one, you have a backup because if you don't have that key, nobody's getting into your device. So it's like a password. You know, you have to make sure that you have that key or you're not getting into your device. But there's no way for anyone to get into any of your devices without that physical key. So it really does protect all of your all of your stuff that way. So you do have to have two of them, though. Correct. One to have a backup. Yep. Yep. So two two keys and and they are kind of depending on which one you get, they can be a little pricey uh, depending on the model of YubiKey or or there's other companies that make these, by the way, there's. They're not just YubiKey, but YubiKey is sort of, I think, what the industry standard these days. Yeah, most people seem to like that's kind of the go-to. I was under the understanding that your iOS device is the YubiKey. So no, I no. So you need a physical device. Oh, so I think I know where the confusion for that's coming to, and and I was guilty of misconstruing this with Marty yesterday on Unmute, and I think there's a lot of confusion between the two-factor authentication YubiKeys and the KeyPass as a using your phone as a, a authentication device. Have you played with KeyPass at all, uh, Jeff? Oh. There you go, Jeff. I have or I have, but I'm not Jeff. Yeah, go ahead. He Go. asked. He asked you if you played with KeyPass, Jeff. Yeah, it's actually PassKey. Uh, oh, what pass, did I say? I have pass not. Yeah. I have not. Yep. Um, so there's a real good website at passkeys.io with an S, and that gives you an example of how you can use it. And I am now steeped deeply in the Apple ecosystem. So when I go to passkeys.io and I click the login option, because I had already set up a passkey on my phone, it doesn't ask me for my email address. It doesn't ask me for my, for my password. It asks me to authenticate. And then my watch taps me, and I authentic- authenticate with my watch, or I can authenticate with my phone uh, using Face ID or Touch ID on the MacBook Air that I have. So so that's become my password. I have become my password, which I think is kind of cool. And those are getting mixed up a lot with the uh, new feature that Apple's releasing with the um, 2FA keys as well. Yeah. That's bit. What's interesting about that is, is that it was saying for pass keys to work, it required, uh, whenever I was trying to set it up, it required iOS uh, 16.3. Um, so that's where I was confused about that. I think there's a lot of confusion with this. They didn't really do a very good job right. of really separating the features and explaining them separately and individually. So there really is a lot of confusion. Everyone kind of thinks it's all the same thing, but it's actually two different things. Well, you do need 16.3 for the YubiKeys to work, though. Correct. 
yeah, that, that's that, that's a must. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. I, I, and a lot of the password managers, you know, Bitwarden and One Password and and uh, others are are moving, you know, toward what the whole you know passwordless strategy of authentication now. And we do yeah, have you- a raised hand. Okay, let's take it. Julie, Juliana, you may talk. She there? She has talking permitted. Okay. Why don't we? Um, do we have another hey. hand? Out? Oh, oh, there, there we go. go. Oh, okay. And then we good. do have another <laughs> hand after her. Yes. Okay. okay. Great. Uh, Juliana, um, I am. I just have one device. Okay, it's a phone. Are these huh? physical keys yes. that you're talking about? Yes. So you have to get. You have to order these. Yes, yes you they look like them. little thumb drives, basically, is what they look like. Okay, so it would take a couple of days for you to get them, I guess. In the- yeah, you, it's not urgent that you get it, but yeah, yep. And Oh, okay, um, but I would have to get it if I were to uh, in, in 16. If you wanted that level of, uh, you know, yeah. authentication. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you, you don't have to do that. It's offered if you want to turn it on, but it's not mandatory to turn it on. This is just a new feature if you want that level of security, but you don't have to turn it on. So oh, it's not like you have to upgrade and then run out and wait for these keys to come in. You're not going to be able to use your device. It's not like that. If you want to do it, you can. If you don't want to, then you don't have to. Right, exactly. Okay. It's Thank not you. It's not a must-have. Thank you so much. In, sure. in fact, I would say for a lot of users, it's, it's not necessary, but if you want that level of security, it's there. Yep, yep. Okay, next who's our next hand? Diane. Hey, Diane. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if I, if I've just been kind of slow about paying attention to things on my phone, but you know, I, I, I asked you about that thing yesterday on unmute, which I can't now remember the name of. You asked about the dynamic Island. Dynamic Island. Yeah. Um, But now I'm seeing this other thing that's called freeform. That's an app. And free, Freeform is an app. It just came out in the last update. 16 And basically, uh-huh. yeah, correct. And what it is, is it's like a whiteboard. So you can either write on it if you have a stylist or you can use your finger if you want. You can type on it. You can draw pictures on it. You can bring in shapes and do all that kind of stuff and collaborate with other people. Uh, it does work with voiceover, although consensus are it's not you know, really great for, you know, blind people because, you know, they can't really see it. So there's other ways to be able to read text easier than using that app, you know, so, but it is there if you want to try it out, you know, it is accessible. It does work with voiceover. Yeah, that was my my question because the buttons all seemed, you know, to be accessible. And and so I wondered if other blind people were using it and and what kind of luck they were having with it. So I think you've answered my question. I know, Michael, you're using it, aren't you? I am. Um, And one thing I want to mention about that app is, especially on iPad, Freeform is great. 
Um, if somebody sends you a diagram or a chart that's made in free form, uh, it, it allows you to accessibly view that content. And this is why I've always said from day one, iOS and iPad uh, are great because they, they let you explore the screen. And, you know, being able to get that level of detail is not something we, we've been able to really do until we've had iOS. So, you know, the Freeform app has taken us that step further to this is how a person with vision loss can explore uh, diagrams, flowcharts, or anything else like that made uh, on an iOS device. So I think it's fantastic. And see, my wife and I are using it to the basic level. Uh, we are starting to do a lot more meal planning for the week to try to figure out, you know, what do we want to make for dinner? Because we've all been there. comes to 5 or 6 o'clock. We're both done working, and neither of us know what we want for dinner. So we get pizza or takeout and spend way too much money on food that's not the healthiest for us. So we've been, whenever ideas come to us for, for different meals to have, uh, we've been keeping track of those in free form. And then we also are uh, starting to build out schedules for our week and say, oh, we're going to do, you know, maybe hamburgers this night, but maybe we'll do something more in depth like a chicken cacciatore this night. So uh, it's, it's real good for collaboration. I really like it. Okay. But do, so does it require, does it require at least some vision in order for you to be successful? No, it, it no. does not. So asking Michael D., if someone had a picture in there or someone drew a picture in there, do you want to explain how someone who would be using voiceover a hundred percent of the time, how that would translate pictures? I'm not sure if it supports uh, alt text. I'm sure they have some way of doing that. Um, but you could throw things from your photos app and things like that. Drawing. Um, you could probably use voiceover detection, I believe, it's, or voiceover recognition, if it's a good enough drawing for it to recognize what it screen is. Screen recognition. Well, there's there's screen recognition, and I think there's a few other uh, that explore image, right? Um, huh. Am I getting those terms right? Yep. So there's screen recognition that you can use, and then there's Explore Image, which is available using the Voiceover Rotor, um, and and I, I want to say there's another one uh, with text recognition involved with images. Huh. Wow. It's beyond me. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> yep. No problem. All right. Mike Tyndall has been patiently waiting. So going back to the keys, did I hear you say you have to, or that you should, or that you may need to have two keys? You do you have to have to two. That's, that's just in, That's just in case you lose one. Correct. It, they, it's, and, it's an enforcement when you actually scan your keys, you have to have two. Okay. And where do you, do you go to UV keys to purchase or can you buy them from Apple? Does anybody know? You can buy them from Amazon. And I bet you, I don't know if Apple sells them in the store or not, but you can get them from Amazon. Um, and so you said just, either way, whether they sell them in Apple, but yeah, you can get them on Amazon. And this UV keys. It's right? and boy, I believe. It's Uniform Bravo Echo CO. So UBECO is where I get them from. UBECO. That's that's the key I want. UBECO. Yep, that's the brand name. That's the brand. Yep. And then there are other there are other manufacturers that sell these kinds types of keys. It's, okay. they're, they're called FIDO keys, right, guys? FIDO 2.0 keys? Yep. That's the standard that, that um, they're all using. Are they? Are they? Because FIDO is the internal software keys. 
Yeah, but I think they're all using that protocol, aren't they? Aren't they all using that standard? Maybe not. All right, but if I if I go to Amazon and look for UBECO key, I'll find something. Yep, yep. And they sell different models of these, ones that are Lightning, uh, ones that are NFC, ones that are NFC and Lightning, ones that will connect to your USB-C port or USB-A. So that just depends on how you plan on using it. If you're planning on using it with your phone, you probably want to go with either a Lightning or NFC. And this basically will allow you to unlock your phone. No, and I wouldn't say your phone. It allows you to unlock websites or... Websites or, and apps that have yeah. passwords. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Thanks so much. Sure. I got you now. Sure. All right. Any, we any, do not have any more hands at this time. Okay, cool. Anyone else, anyone else want to bring up anything on iOS 16.3 before we turn to the Macs? All right. So, Michael, what are you going to buy? Which Mac Michael? Wise. Which Michael? <laughs> well, well, pick one. Um, well, I bought a HomePod. <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And eventually I'll be buying uh, a new Mac, but uh, I'll get into why I'm not rushing out to get one after we talk about what they have. Right. So the, the big difference on the new Macs is the new M2 uh Pro chips, right? Correct. Well, Depends there's, on machine. there's two different machines that came out. The 16 inch, uh, the 14 and 16 inch uh, MacBook Pros came out, and right. new Mac Minis came out. New so, Mac Minis, but the, there's the Pro and the Pro Max chip, isn't that? Is that right? Correct. In the laptops, yes. In the laptops, but not in the Mini. No, Correct. the Mini just has the regular M2 and then the M2 Pro. Pro. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um. I'm I'm really I think you know the the laptops were exciting I will say that but what stole the show this time was the Mac mini and that's for several reasons one the price the price went down to 599 for the mini and Mac mini yes and that's with the M2 chip so you're getting a powerhouse of a computer for a decent price and, you know, it has the Thunderbolt ports, it has the USB-A ports, the headphone jack and Ethernet, HDMI and all the good stuff. Um, so you're getting a good machine. And they've also removed the Intel um, Mac minis from the website. So um, you have just the M2 and the M2 Pro Mac minis now. Um, and, and it's really exciting because you the M2 Pro Mac minis get four Thunderbolt ports and um, all the rest and can go up to eight gigs of uh, eight terabytes of hard drive space and nine and 32. I almost did what Marty does. <laughs> I almost said 96 gigs. Um, it goes up to 32 gigs of RAM, which is exciting. Cool. Are you going to get one, Marty? Um. Probably not right now. I still have the M1 Mac Mini maxed out, so with the one terabyte hard drive, 16 gigs of RAM, and honestly, that machine is still a screamer. It does everything I needed to do. I mean, I don't feel that in my situation I need to upgrade. Uh, 
I did get a new MacBook Pro uh, just before they released these new ones. So I think I'm pretty good right now. Cool. Cool. And Taylor, you're not planning on buying a Mac, are you? No, unfortunately, I would love to. But here's the thing that all my software like QuickBooks and others don't really work on the Mac. Even, in fact, they're unsupported. So it's kind of hard to buy a Mac if you can't do your product. Yeah, you can't do your job, right? Yeah, I can't yep. do my stuff. So. Yep, yep. Yeah. I mean, I could do video editing, but I pay Michael D to do that. So. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so there's Great. really no need to be on a Mac for me at this point. Although I did think about it for a minute. And then, you know, I was like, eh, no. All right. Well, I had I had one more topic for tonight. And I think we could spend quite a bit of time on this one. And, and, and uh, this is the whole... Well... Go ahead. Jeff, Michael. I wanted to talk about the M2 uh, Pro and Max laptops if we're going to move on from that. Oh, yeah, sure. Go right ahead. Um, these machines are bumps up from the M1 models. They are 20% better, uh, and there's a lot of configuration options for the processors. Um, the M2 Max can go up now to 96 gigs of RAM which is up from the 64 on the M1 Max. And there's a lot more. I think there's like 38 um, GPU graphics cores, um, which is up from last time. And, uh, I mean, yes, it's 20% faster than the uh, M1 versions of the machines. Um, and you do get one hour extra battery life on these new machines, but it's not as much of a substantial boost as it is from going from Intel to M1. So if you already have a M1 Pro or M1 Max machine, it's really not that worth upgrading for the processor. Now, where these machines really got my attention was the specs, and that's uh, the other specs, and that is these machines now have Wi-Fi 6E, and the previous machines like that I'm on right now do not. It just has Wi-Fi 6. Um, these machines have HDMI 2.1, so they'll look good on a 4K TV at 120 hertz, where um, as, was it one? I think it's 240, actually, whereas the previous models could only display at 60 hertz. Um, there is a... Um, there's a few other things. Uh, Bluetooth 5.3 is the other big change. And this is where a lot of uh, folks will want to pay attention because um, I believe it's 5.0 or 5.1. I think 5.0 on the previous models. <clears throat> and the 5.3 will give you better sound quality, battery life on your 5.3 headphones, which are the AirPods Pro uh, Generation 2 and you'll get some better stability and con faster connection times as well. So um, those are the features on the new machines that really have me excited because uh, you're getting those spec bumps that really honestly should have been on the previous generation to begin with. Twenty percent, though, Michael, is that is that really going to be noticed by most people especially with ssds and all of that these I, days i don't think so and and there's rumors that what they're actually doing is overclocking the some of the chips so i don't know that it's going to be that's why i say it's it's not going to be that big of a difference for most users and you know i think that the m3 will be really where the next 
big upgrade on the processor technology from Apple will be. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. The day-to-day technology that you do, you know, the day-to-day stuff, you're not going to notice any change if you went from, you know, just an M1 to an M2. I mean, you're really only going to notice if you're really pushing it, you're doing a lot more rendering projects, you know, high resolution, a lot of graphics, things like that. But in terms of just day-to-day stuff, you're not really going to notice. You're not going to be pushing it hard enough to to notice the difference. Yeah, that's Correct. interesting. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think you'd see that much of a difference, especially mm-hmm. with, you know, everything SSD and all that. So I, I you know, right, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, the big jump was from Intel to you know M1, but now it's going to kind of start to even out a little bit, I think, and there'll be more intermittent, you know, like a. I can never say this word. As, as they say, evolutionary, not revolutionary is how it's yep. going to be. Yep. 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 That's it. All right. Well, I'm, I, let, let's, uh, let's let us uh, Taylor in here so that she can kind of talk a little bit about uh, this next topic. But I'm hoping everyone will actually chime in on this one because uh, I, I'm, I'm actually interested in John and Larry's opinion on this one, too, from the standpoint of just what this is going to mean from a... Uh, news reporting perspective and just creating, create, you know, content creation standpoint. And that's the whole uh, chat, chat GPT uh, stuff that's happening and, and what this really means from an accessibility perspective. So Taylor, do you want to kick us off? I do. Yeah. I happen to have a lot of things to say about this topic, but I will try to let others jump in. I mean, chat GPT is going to revolutionize how we do everything. From writing content to, you know, writing customer service emails and everything else. And I actually did a YouTube video about this on Sunday. And, uh, well, it kind of went sort of viral. Um, but regardless of all that, Chad GPT is here to stay and AI is just going to keep getting better. And I think the accessibility field has to, I guess, be on alert because I feel like the AI can help with the field of accessibility and help make sure that things are more accessible and to help make sure that audits and things are actually going smoother because it can help suggest suggestions and things for code level fixes. So I think the accessibility field really, really has to be on alert because I think ChatGPT can help revolutionize how we do accessibility, but can it also change the game in terms of how accessibility is perceived as well as how it's done in terms of like if the overlays, you know, if they decide that they're going to go and use AI, that could be an interesting way. So it's going to be a, definitely a big thing for the accessibility field. So, Jeff, can I jump in here for half a second? Well, maybe a little more. Yeah, go. So I've been using ChatGPT on a daily basis with the Unmute Presents content that we're uh, presenting. Most of my posts on Mastodon and Twitter are not my own. What I'm doing is I'm using a tool called Whisper AI, which is directly integrated with Alphonic, which is the tool that I use to stabilize our audio and bring it all to the same level. And since we typically record multi-track, we can get each person in there, and that gives me a pretty clean transcript. I've been doing this actually a lot with demos lately, too, and putting voice 
over on its own track. And if I take that transcript, I can drop it into chat GPT and say, create me a couple of tweets uh, related to this content. And it uses AI to determine what I'm talking about with the transcript and then comes up with unique posts that I can use to share that. But I think more importantly, what I've been doing with chat with open AI's uh, chat GPT is I am using it uh, to, to, to eliminate or at least limit for the most part my tend to procrastinate. So I'm horrible with writing. I can talk all day long. If someone sends me an email and they want a response from me, I will sit there and think about what I'm saying and then write it down and then say, that doesn't sound right to me. So I'm going to delete all of it. And I'm going to reset it, rewrite it. And what I've been doing is just throwing my thoughts into chat GPT as if I was writing the email to the person. And then instead of going back and fixing, it, I just say, Hey, chat GPT, uh, fix this email up for me or make it sound more professional or clean up a lot of my errors. And it's helped a lot with that. And then the last thing I'll mention uh, was it was it astounded me when I learned about it. And this is a little more advanced. But uh, ChatGPT is an interface to a technology called GPT-3. I think ChatGPT is based on GPT-3.5. Uh, there's a API out there for GPT-3 that a gentleman had used shortcuts to work with. And he told his phone, it's a little dark in here. Can you make it brighter and with the use of AI without him having to do a lot of programming but connecting it to chat GPT uh, his shortcut received a response that then turned the lights up without him having to directly say turn the lights up and for me with someone for someone with a cognitive uh, disability or or cognitive challenges this is amazing because often we have to word things a specific way for these smart voice in a can assistants to actually be smart and with use of GPT GPT, it's going to, I think, open it to a lot of people who may struggle with that feature, with that functionality as well. You just reminded me about something, and 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 Michael, there's a there's a Michael Michael D. There is a YouTube video of a guy who wrote a Siri Pro uh, shortcut, and it uses, I think, it's using GPT to get the results back and give answers. Um. And the video walks you through the how to set it up, but it's all you know point and click, and he doesn't describe anything. I have the link to it. This would be awesome if we could figure out how this guy's doing that, Michael. We can do it. Um, and something that I just came up with um, over the weekend that you know, amongst my many many projects that I'm working on, um, that I'm going to be doing is one of the one of the aspects of the blind community that we've. You're hearing about it first here um, that we've never really thought about is what is the one place that we could apply GPT OCR? Yeah, it's going to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if we scan an image with our iPhone and it comes out with mostly intact results, um, but with some punctuation and some formatting wrong, we could have GPT, <clears throat> excuse me, um, fix that up for us. So, you know, I think with OCR and the power of GPT, there's so many ways that we can really improve just even our quality of life. And, you know, I think it'll be interesting when we have technologies like, um, you know, these AI tools that could, you know, give us uh, like look at an image and, and tell us what it sees. I think that's going to be pretty incredible. But one of the things that I've been using is I've been using ChatGPT to help me get inspiration on how to write something in code for my job. Uh, 
And that led me to use uh, GitHub Copilot, which is using the same technology, GPT. And as I'm writing code for my job, it's actually making suggestions and helping me write code better. We did a video on that on Taylor's channel. But it's just one of the many examples of how, uh, you know, people are saying that augmented reality and virtual reality are going to be the next big thing. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think it's going to be AI. And, you know, anybody can try this out by going to chat.openai.com and signing up for an account. And it's just fantastic, you know, the things you can do. I mean, uh, I don't know how we can go back from this. I don't know how we can, you know, once you've tried it, you know, I was kind of slow to the party and I said, oh, I'm not going to use this. And I tried it out and I said, wow, this is fantastic. You know, Jeff, uh, you mentioned this topic and I was astounded because uh, I stream Tuesday Topics. And Brian Charlson came up with the whole topic of AI and and the kinds of things that could conceivably be done with AI. He mentioned that website. We talked about accessibility and what it could do. That we did a two-hour show two weeks ago. We're going to do another one uh, next Tuesday. But it's limitless in terms of the things that could be done, especially as it relates to accessibility for those of us who were involved with companies and worked. Uh, to get websites better so that people could do their jobs, we, we never really had accessibility through AI. There are some things that could conceivably happen in the future to make this just unbelievable. It's untapped. And I think it's fascinating that you would bring it up and that there's been some, some terrific discussion about this. There's pros and cons, obviously. But, yep. I, 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 you know, a lot of cons that we haven't talked about much but t- and tons of pros, and I'm really excited about this. I'll throw in some controversy because this has been really huge since this has come out. It kind of hit the scene, and it just took off like wildfire, and it's kind of the wild, wild west still. But education, and they're having a lot of problems on all school levels, everything from you know high school, colleges, all the school levels. And people, students, they're going in, they get an assignment, a project, write a paper, or whatever it is, and they are just going home going into their chat gpt and telling it oh write me uh whatever report or whatever project and they put in all the parameters and then three minutes later boom the whole entire thing spits out their whole homework the whole report the whole nine yards and they go turn it in and you know the kids now are doing it that way and they're not learning you know what they need to be learning because they're just having the machine do it for them you know and so the schools are going how are we going to combat this how are we going to control this i mean this is just so this is big controversy you know um it's really interesting to kind of listen and we to do have a raised hand when you're ready so okay go herbie uh well i was going to say something before we move on to that and um i just want to address that controversy real quick the the way that I think we're going to have to look at this is a future uh, future proofing this. And what we have to do is take this and say the cat's out of the bag. We can't put it back in the bag. And what we're going to have to do is not to teach people how to write good papers per se, but how to do prompt writing because that's what you're doing is you're writing prompts. <clears throat> to get good information because when you go when you get out of school now 
people are just going to say, okay, use AI to write me a good article piece or write, use AI to create this. So it's putting in the parameters in the prompt to get the right information because like we've talked about with um, our cons, it may not spit out the right information. It'll get better over time. But I think uh, it's going to be how do you tell the AI what you're looking for and get the data that you're needing? Or if you already have the data, the facts, you know, getting the AI to write the paper or the report in the format that is expected. All of those things can be done, but it's just learning how to write good prompts. And I've, I've been seeing that come up in more podcasts that I've been seeing. You know, schools are trying to push back against this. And I think that's always the wrong approach. Instead of pushing back, you embrace it and find ways to implement it in your learning curriculum. I think we can take a hand. Herbie? Chanel. All right. I love learning about AI and I enjoy this conversation. I read some sort of article from NPR just last week about how a, a college um, college kid basically wrote a program that could detect whether essays or papers or whatever were being written by a chat GPT. So it's possible to do that apparently and uh, but I also I like what Michael had to say about you know you you teach people how to give it the right information to produce the quality report I, I like that way of thinking so anyway thank you and I'll go back on mute now my question is did they use chat GPT to write that program <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but I, I know he was fascinated by it and he, I you know I know he had um was concerned but but even in that article and talked about how you know we can't just use it to block all we can't block all uses of it in writing that you know you have to have to find a happy medium i don't remember the exact text of the article or what the conclusion was but um hey i think learning programming could be awesome so you know and it's interesting uh because it's been now revealed that CNET, a big technology um, news website, um, they have a division called CNET Money, and they've been using AI since October to help write some of their articles. They fact check them with humans, but it's interesting that they've been using AI since October to write a lot of those posts. Oh, wow. And I mean, uh, think about you. Oh, go ahead, Michael. I was just going to say, ChatGPT is the buzzword right now, mm-hmm. uh, but I came up with the Unmute Presents description using a alternative AI called Copy.ai, and there's also another AI out there that is, uh, I think the name of it's Jasper, and, and like ChatGPT, mm-hmm. and this comes back to what Michael is saying, because I knew what type of prompts to feed the AI, it was able to come up with something that I wanted, and no, it's not perfect. Like, there's, there's, I was using it for some product descriptions and some user guides earlier today day and i had to change things because i'm like that doesn't make any sense and i think that's where where laziness and and uh treating the ai the way it shouldn't be is is you're not fact checking and or you're not proofreading to make sure that it's the way you expect it to and then the last thing i'll say about this because i can talk about it all day long is uh yesterday someone was being interviewed on a show and they were talking about using chat gpt to write cover letters and rewrite resumes and then you have the instance of the uh, bots that are filtering out job uh, interviews, filtering out bot-written content. And there's just a mind break right there. Wow. 
think about the education. If you're trying to figure out how to do something mm -hmm. or you want to learn about something, you could literally type in there, you know, provide me instructions on how to, you know, fill in the blank. I mean, and it will, it'll do it if you put in the right, the right parameters. Now, one thing to keep in mind is again, fact check, fact checked and I fact check again. And the reason why I say that so much is I was writing code and I was trying to get it to change. I was writing a Swift application and I was trying to get it to change the background color of a navigation bar. And every time it would give me the wrong code, it wouldn't work. And so you can't just assume that chat GPT is going to have all the right answers. It's not, but, um, you just have to really know what you're looking for. And also keep in mind, at, right, at least right now, ChatGPT is only programmed with information from the about middle of 2021 and earlier. So it's not all the way up to date with current events. So keep that in mind as well. People are going to have to learn how to proofread. That's going to be a new skill that everyone's going to have to uh, yes. learn how it to is. do. But at least ChatGPT can insert punctuation for you for unpunctuated sentences. True. I did actually did that uh, do that one day because I was testing it with a Whisper AI transcript like we were talking about earlier. And I said, hey, punctuate this unpunctuated text. It did it perfectly. So just saying, at least that helps with the proofreading. But you still need to proofread, but at least that helps with it. So, you know. We're coming close to the end of the hour. Herbie, do we have any more questions? We do not. All right. Well, let's uh, let's give the Unmute Presents and uh, IACAST teams uh, a little, little bit of time to promote their activities that are going to be happening uh, either this weekend or next week on their next uh, shows and let them uh, kind of do a little bit of promotion here. Uh, who wants to go first? I have Michael D. Go. Okay, so uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but I've I started and uh, maintained the IA cast for a long time. We've had a bit of a break, but we're back thanks to Marty and Michael and Taylor and um, others that have been on the show recently. We're going to have loads of new episodes once every two weeks, uh, so we're back. Uh, new content is coming through we've also um so you know we can you can subscribe to us iacast on your podcatcher we have several shows on our network we unmute has combined with the iacast network so we're all one big network um, you could find the network at iacast.net and you can subscribe to the entire network on iTunes, on podcasts or overcast or other places uh, just look for the iacast network and we even have a new radio stream on Live 365. So you can download their app um, and look for IACast Network, or you could go to IACast.net slash listen. It's really neat. It's like 24 hours a day listen, listening to us, you know. <laughs> so uh, there's all kinds of cool content there. 
Oh, you just sound too happy about that, Michael. I know. Uh, so, we, we can uh, all listen and have, uh, you know, scary dreams when we're listening to you all night, right. Michael. <laughs> so, yeah, if you uh, listen let, to me, it is scary, I'm sure. <laughs> I'll let Marty explain the Tuesday calls. Uh, I did literally as we, well, actually, as Ira was talking, got the episode for tomorrow going out, which uh, Marty and I recorded yesterday called uh, Live to Podcast. So it gives you the steps that we're using to uh, turn the live content into a podcast uh, that comes out on ACB Community. That'll be out in the Unmute Presents podcast feed tomorrow. And Marty, go ahead and tell people about Tuesday. Yeah, so Unmute does a, a live call in the ACB Community, and we do it every Tuesday, and it's 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Western. And if anybody has any questions, comments, or anything like that, they could reach us at feedback at unmute.show. Cool. All right. Well, now, John, we're going to be back in February with uh, Victor Reader Stream 3 and Humanware. And um, we think that's we think that may take longer than an hour. So we're, we're, we're double checking on that, right? You don't have did you get any response to that? Not yet, but I'm going to follow up and we'll see how much yeah, time I suspect we will, because I'm sure yeah. that 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 there's going to be lots and lots of questions. So um but but uh, we'll have other things in our back pocket if we need the time. But I, exactly. I suspect we will not. Mm-hmm. So uh, and we'll and we'll make sure to promote the heck out of it because it will be something that lots of people will be very 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 interested in. So, well, I want to thank uh, uh, Janine and Troy. Uh, I know they're not here, but thank them very much for coming on in the first hour. And John and Larry, thank you for your help all tonight. And then, of course, all of the Unmute Presents and IACast team members uh, for you guys being here tonight. It's been a lot of fun. We'll have to do this again. We'll try to maybe shoot to to do this once a, once a quarter or so and check in on tech and things. Um, Sounds great. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah. So, uh, John, uh, did you recover from your Disney trip? Oh, yeah. In fact, I've got more than one. I have we're, the 100th anniversary of the Disney Company celebration begins on friday and so we're going thursday night to see some of the new nighttime shows so this sunday i was there and bought some of the 100th anniversary merchandise even bought the sign that you see when you walk into the park that says disneyland happiest place on earth it's a it's a replica sign but since i have a nice cast member discount i was able to buy it and i'm going to put it in my living room so woohoo Everybody yeah. come and have fun at John's house. That's right. I'll sell you uh, buckets of popcorn and that's right. Cheerios and twenty five dollars a bucket and all that. Yeah, exactly. That, no, that's got to be more than that, Jeff. Okay, fifty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Got to got to got to afford your uh, your tech. Toys, I've got to be able to afford to to retire here. Soon. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's coming up. Yep. All right, everybody. Will will uh, any last comments from you, Larry? No, I'm just uh, I'm just ready to hit the theme so that we can wander out of here. This will be up uh, as a podcast soon. We'll replay it probably beginning early tomorrow. So you'll be able to hear it if you missed any of it. All right. Yep. Very good. Thanks, everybody. Good night. And we'll see you in February.